Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Welcome to today's edition of Alabama AgCast. This is Jacob Davis, Executive Director of the Alabama Peanut Producers Association. And today we have Josh and Savannah McCoy, who work in the peanut industry and were recently named Alabama's Outstanding Young Farm Family. So Josh and Savannah, give us a little background on yourselves. Tell us where each of you grew up and how the two of you met. So we, we live here in Headland and, and our farm's right out here in Dale County, but I grew up uh, in Headland and I went to school there and went on to, uh, to go to college in Troy to be an accountant. And then it worked well. It was it was good for what we wanted to do, what I wanted to do. But once I got in that office and stayed there all day, I figured out pretty quick that I was going to go crazy or, or be miserable the rest of my life, I think. So when the opportunity arose to come back on the farm, it kind of worked out perfect. So that, that kind of led us back to here, to where we are now. But I want to let Savannah say about how we met and how we kind of got to that point. Yeah, we grew up knowing each other. Our families were friends, and so we were friends throughout high school, and um, we started dating in college. Um, I was at Auburn and um, graduated in 2012 um, with my teaching degree, and I taught um, in Dell County Schools for six years, and then I taught in Headland um, for a year. We got married pretty straight out of college in 2013. So while he was working as an accountant, I was teaching and I coached volleyball and cheer in the local school system. Then we had our oldest fields in 2015. That was the first year of the buying point. Josh started officially farming in 2014. That was a big year for us having our first child and our two first children really because the buying point was kind of our baby that year too. And then we, we welcomed a second child in 2017, Sutton. And we have another one on the way that looks like he's going to make his arrival right during the middle of harvest season this year. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned a little bit about it, but what exactly do y'all do in the peanut industry? Tell us a little bit about your operation. Well, we farm at the center of it, peanuts and cotton. So that's kind of where it starts every day. But in the spring, we have a shelling plant and we shell seed to, to go back into the next crop. And then in the fall, we have a buying point here in Headland and um, we buy commercial peanuts. Right now, we really only buy our own and just say a third of it will go for commercial production on to uh, the edible market. And then the other two thirds will be kept for seed for next year. We'll process it there, store it there, and then take it to the shelling plant and shell it, treat it, and sell it for the next year's crops. Well, it is a peanut harvest time in Alabama. How's the crop looking? I think it looks pretty good. We uh, we definitely could use a break in the rain. I know everybody is uh, is ready. I know everybody's got some peanuts ready, but the rain has been holding us out of the fields. Um, so I think it's on that breaking point of, uh, of getting to be too much rain and uh, damaging the crop, maybe having some issues late. But um, as far as overall, the rain was great this year, and 
I think that the crop will be a a, a good crop. I'm not going to say well, a great crop, be a good crop. Well, definitely, uh, we've had the rain that that's needed to grow the crop, but uh, just like last year, you know, we were in a similar situation, but then we had all of those tropical systems that came in and dumped a lot of rain, and and that did delay harvest. And you know, once a peanut fully matures, they they drop off of the vine, so the farmer can't put them in the in the hopper, can't put them in the combine. So uh, a lot of lost yield for that. That's right, and we, we're seeing it. We went to checking everything this week. I mean, we checked the past few weeks, but. We went to seeing if we really needed to skip around any and if some were ready before others and, and we did find that some. So we've kind of changed up our, our digging schedule a little bit this week. But, you know, I, I, like I say, I think everybody's in the same boat of fields started stacking up on what was ready. And now that we've had this, you know, sunshine the past few days, everybody's kind of, I think, hitting it wide open right now. So we didn't see many sprouts or. The vines still looked okay, so maybe it'll hang on. You know, we, we're going to have to spray some stuff one more time to carry us out, but that'll be fine, too. We'd rather have peanuts to put in the basket, like you said, than leave them in the field. Well, uh, a lot of our listeners may not understand what a peanut buying point is, and I know that y'all operate that. So tell us a little bit about what, uh, what that is. So when we turn those peanuts over in the field and um, – let them lay there and dry. We want them to get to just say 15 to 18% moisture. And then we want to bring them in to a buying point and mechanically dry them on down to the desired moisture. And so we'll bring them in, we'll check a moisture on them to see what they are. And then we'll put them on a dryer that has heat, propane heat uh, attached to it. And um, we'll slowly dry them down. That could be the make or break for peanuts too. If you dry them too fast, you know, they're going to, uh, not great as well, and uh, not be as good of a product when you send it on to the end user. We try to dry them down, and then we'll have a uh, federal state will come in and grade each load of peanuts, and you will have a, a grade off of that off of that load. That's kind of taking care of the quality and making sure that everything is, I guess you would say, on a level playing field and paid for what it's worth. And then they will either be stored if, if that buying point has a store uh, has a storage facility there, warehouse, or they will go on to that end user where they where they may like it to go. Ours go to uh, John B. San Felipe. So that's kind of the process of you know it goes through the buying point and then it goes on to wherever they desire it from there. Uh, y'all also mentioned a shelling facility. I know you mentioned about shelling for seed. Do y'all do anything uh, there other than uh, shell peanuts for seed? No, we we pretty much just shell seed there for the production for next year. Hopefully one day we get to that point where we can, but as of right now, we are pretty much takes up our time too. I mean, once we finish harvest and go through the buying point, just say that you get done in December, uh, we go straight into shelling from there. As soon as we leave the buying point, we go to the shelling plant and uh, we shell there until we start planting. And even after we're planting, we're still shelling and treating and, and sending seed out. But it kind of works all together right there. So really right now, it's enough for what we need to do. But we have a, a warehouse there in Headland and we have a couple other places that we use. And we'll bail those out and uh, take them to the shelling plant. And we, we'll have anywhere from five to seven different varieties of peanuts. And the, the major thing that 
you know, is really important to us is keeping our quality high. And, and in that, there's a lot of cleaning out every every time we swap a variety. If we have seven different varieties, we have to clean the sheller out every single time we swap a variety. And that, you know, that's a day's work just cleaning the sheller out. Every wagon has to be cleaned out. Every time we swap a variety in the field, every picker has to be cleaned out. So there's a good bit in, entailed in, in the seed side that people probably don't see outside of even, even if they're in the peanut industry, they probably don't see the, the workings of a shelling plant, you know, what it takes to keep that seed, you know, in a good condition for that grower for the next year. Because that's our, in the seed business, that's really all it takes is one bad year. That may be your last year. So it is really finicky. Seed is just hard to keep in a warehouse and keep the moisture correct. And then it's hard to, to maximize once it goes through that sheller. Every percentage of shell out that you, you, you lose is, is major monetary value. So it's really important that we focus in on those things. But once we get into to planting season in the spring, that's why we don't want to have too much going on. We want to make sure we keep everything for the best quality that we can keep it to. Well, uh, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit. And while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Welcome back again. We're with Josh and Savannah McCoy. Of course, the two of you are active in the Dale County Young Farmers uh, chapter. Savannah, tell us a little bit about what being named Alabama's Outstanding Young Farm Family means to you. First of all, it was just such an honor to be recognized, especially among the other two families that we have. We form relationships with the other two families that were finalists throughout our time in the Young Farmers, and we have so much respect for them and their operations as well. And so we feel extremely honored to be named Alabama's Outstanding Young Farm Family. We put a lot of work into it. We were finalists last year as well, and it feels like a lot of our hard work has has paid off. But we also feel, you know, an obligation to to advocate for our industry. Um, as a high school teacher, I see that there's not a lot of young people who feel like they want to or that they can go into agriculture that feels like there's a big hurdle to cross if they don't have a foot in the door already in the agriculture industry. And so what I try to do is encourage them that they can be involved in agriculture in a lot of different capacities. I really encourage students who may not be interested in a four-year academic degree from a university to explore a lot of the different trades that farmers need, truck drivers, welders, all of those things are vital to keep our operations running. I'm a big advocate for that. But one major thing that I think we've gotten as the young farmers is just the relationships and the networking. We meet other young farm families from across the state that face similar challenges as we do, and it just helps you to to realize that A, you're not alone, and B, you can kind of bounce ideas off each other and hear what they're doing in their operations and kind of bring it back home to your operation as well. 
And so the Young Farmers has just been so good for us as a family and for our operation. I mean, we sometimes we do business there at those Young Farmers meetings, and we end up selling seed to other Young Farmers. This year, we've really tried to, for the past two years, we've since COVID happened, we've been trying to kind of get started back up with our Dale County Young Farmers chapter. We weren't able to meet for so long, and so we tried to grow our county chapter, and we took several more young couples with us this year to the state convention and trying to get people from around our county plugged in because there's a lot more young farm families out there, you know, than then we're really plugged in and so we try to advocate for for the young farmers and for our federation as a whole and so we had a kind of a big kickoff meeting in the beginning of 2021 and had some speakers there and just talked about the importance of of our federation and how it advocates for farmers and give farmers a unified voice with our legislators and that's crucial especially today for our operations and for the agriculture industry. So we appreciate being given a voice and being given the chance to to tell our story. And we appreciate everything that the organization has done for us. Well, now, uh, that competition, Outstanding Young Farm Family, does it go on to a national level competition? Is that what's next for the two of you? It does. That's what we're getting ready for now. And I'm working on that some this week. So we'll represent the state of Alabama at the National Farm Bureau competition in um, February. So we're, we're getting our application ready for the national level now and working with our state team to prepare and get ready for that. And I guess we'll have a newborn in tow and we're excited to, to do that and hopefully represent our state well. Well, we know that y'all are doing an outstanding job. Um, and then I uh, wanted to wrap up, Josh, and talk a little bit about uh, your role serving as uh, an advisor, young farmer advisor on the Alabama Peanut Producers Association Board of Directors. Uh, what does that mean to you? What have you learned through that process? Well, I, I really respect the, the process now a lot more of what kind of goes into behind the scenes of where that, you know, checkoff dollar may go and what it does for you. We just had the tour come by this past week. I think it was, well, it was Monday, wasn't it? And, um, you know, just being able to advocate for the peanut industry and the research that is done. And it's easy just to go and open a magazine and see what peanut did the best somewhere. But behind that, there's got to be somebody putting in the work and putting in the money and putting in the time that it takes to, uh, to do that research and to do the, the behind the scenes leg work that, that it takes and, and being able to be on the board and, and, and be with the board, I, I should say, and, and the knowledge that goes with it, the people that are the movers and shakers in the, in the peanut industry. And uh, Savannah spoke on it just a second ago, but the legislative work that is done, I don't think people realize what it takes to make these things go and, and how quickly we could lose our foothold in the food production throughout the world. Could easily go to something else. And we've seen that pressure with different things here in the past few years. You know, if you go look in the stores, you know, there's so many different options now. We need peanut butter to be as wide of a shelf as it, as it can be. And with so many different things, I think boards like the 
Alabama peanut producers and, and things like that have helped us keep that space and keep that foothold in the food that, that, that feeds America. So it really has opened my eyes on what goes on and what it takes. Jacob, yourself, and, and Kaylin, I mean, they, they, there's some great folks there behind the scenes that, that do great work. It does not go unnoticed by the people that, that see what it takes. So, um, that's kind of what I see out of it. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing, you know, how it all works and how it all fits together. Just being on the farming side and growing the peanut and dropping it off the buying point, you know, you wash your hands of it when you're done. And then I get to see the buying point side of it, what it takes to get those peanuts ready for a shelling plant. And then to see the shelling plant, what it takes to get those peanuts back in the bag, what it would take for an edible market or what it takes for us for seed. And then to be able to see what it takes to market those peanuts to the world, it kind of comes full circle. Gives you a little bit more reason to go out and do your absolute best because you know what it takes. Well, we certainly enjoyed having you on our board, and, and you've been a vocal uh, advisor for us, and, and we really appreciate that input from your perspective and, and the experience that you have in the industry. It's been a great addition. And we certainly thank y'all for joining us for uh, this week's AgCast. Uh, Josh, hope you have a safe and bountiful harvest, you and Savannah. pray that uh, everything just goes along great for y'all, and uh, certainly glad to have y'all on today. We thank you, and, and we sure appreciate it. Yes, thank you for having us. We enjoyed it. Absolutely. And thank y'all for joining us for this week's Alabama AgCast. And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. Hey, everybody. This is William Green, Wildlife Division Director for the Alabama Farmers Federation. October is a great month full of football, friends, food, good weather, farm tours, and for our outdoorsmen, it marks the opening of deer season. Many of us have put a lot of time, money, and effort into preparing for this year's season. For this week's wrap-up, I'd like to give a friendly reminder to all of our hunters listening who will begin to enjoy all of their efforts this weekend. Please be safe and wear a safety harness. It only takes a second to misstep, slip, or have an equipment failure, and that second can result in serious injury or death. Before you even go out to hunt, take the time to check your harness and ensure that it's in good condition. Additionally, inspect your lifelines or lineman's belt to make sure there are no frays or tears. There are plenty of resources out there on how to properly wear your harness and to hang your lifeline, but if you have any questions, reach out to us at the home office. Remember, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast. Thank you.